VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been warned. We have been warned by the World Health Organization of Disease X, the next worldwide pandemic. World leaders gathered recently in Davos, Switzerland at the World Economic Forum, and one of the topics of discussion was preparation for this worldwide pandemic. This, while other coverage has been given to the formation of a deadly pathogen causing 20 times more deaths than COVID-19. Also recently, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia aimed criticism at Chinese scientists for creating a mutant strain of COVID-19 that killed 100% of humanized mice in a study. Fear is gripping the hearts of many around the world, even as the World Health Organization promotes a pandemic treaty for all nations of the world to surrender individual sovereignty to a worldwide body to make your health care decisions and the health care decisions of the world. As a matter of fact, next week, February 5th through the 9th, is the seventh meeting of the Working Group on Amendments to the International Health Regulations. The document would be binding as international law. Joining me today on Disease X and Related Issues, we welcome back Alex Newman. He is an award-winning international freelance journalist and author, researcher, educator, and consultant, senior editor for The New American, co-author of Crimes of the Educators, author of Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes, and author of the new book, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death, which we'll be covering on a future program. He is founder of Liberty Sentinel. Alex, thanks for joining us here today on Crosstalk. It's an honor and a blessing to be here with you. Thank you so much, Jim. So let's talk about Disease X, and we also want to get to the end game of this as well, as well here, Alex. Uh, to my understanding, this term Disease X, not just a new creation in the, in the last several months, but been around since about 2018 by the World Health Organization. What, what do we know about its background? Yeah, that's the first reference I can find to it as well. I'm sure they had some marketing agency and focus groups thinking about this, but Disease X is, is basically a hypothetical disease of some kind that uh, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, and various other institutions claim to be preparing for. And at the most recent World Economic Forum, it was actually a major topic of discussion. They warned that it might be 20 times more deadly than COVID. And uh, actually, there were some people who referred to COVID as a disease X. So basically, it's a placeholder that governments, international organizations, and, of course, globalist institutions like the World Economic Forum, the WEF that meets in Davos every year, that they're using to kind of prepare in terms of policy, in terms of uh, pharmaceutical preparedness, in terms of equipment. And uh, they're actually using it as the pretext to justify some pretty radical power grabs at the international level, at least when it comes to the World Health Organization. You mentioned the uh, International Pandemic Accord, the international health regulations that they're working on. Both of these are breathtaking in their scope. And uh, Disease X is one of the justifications that's being cited. You know, eventually we're going to face a disease X that's going to kill a lot of people. And so better to prepare with this international regime, if you will, before the time comes rather than have to scramble when we get there. Indeed. And just to refresh everyone's memory, I'm going to play just a a brief clip from the World Economic Forum. This is Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, heads the World World Health Organization. He uh, spoke to the WEF. And uh, I'd like to uh, play the clip, and we'll have you comment. Annually list the emerging diseases, uh, and uh, MERS could be one, Zika, (coughs) Ebola, those we know. But then we said there are things that are unknown that may happen, and anything happening is a matter of when, not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that, for the disease we don't know that may come. And that was when we gave the name Disease X. Um, So Disease X is a placeholder for uh, unknown um, disease. Um, I just wanted to start by clarifying that because there is already a a lot of attention. If I may, although... 
COVID came immediately, uh, we were preparing for COVID-like uh, disease. You, you may even call COVID as the first disease X. And it may happen again. Mm, of course, there are some people who say, oh, this may create panic. No. It's better actually to anticipate something that may happen because it has happened in our history many times and prepare for it. Yeah. We shouldn't face things unprepared. We can prepare for some unknown things as well. Okay, so Alex, he did start out talking, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot to unpack there. You know, mm-hmm. from a Christian perspective, um, even God himself warns us to look for the possibility of danger and take prudent precautions. If you go to the book of Proverbs, for example, it says the wise man sees danger coming and prepares himself. Right? So there's nothing wrong with contemplating possible future risks and coming up with possible ways of dealing with it. Unfortunately, the reality is the people who are working on this have very long and, uh, I would say, troubling histories in, in their backgrounds. And you know, we can start off with Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus. First of all, he's not a medical doctor. But his background, uh, prior to becoming the head of the World Health Organization, ought to send shivers down everybody's spine. Uh, he was actually on the Politburo for an ethno-Marxist terrorist organization in Ethiopia. He was on the Central Committee, so he was one of the top leaders of an organization that was recognized by the U.S. government and many others as a terrorist organization. And it was somewhat different than normal Marxist terrorist organizations that just murder, kill, steal, and destroy uh, for the sake of advancing Marxism, in that they also had a particular vendetta against uh, various other ethnic groups, in particular the Amhara. And there are a lot of very troubling reports that came out of Ethiopia when when he was the health minister there for a, a really mass-murdering, brutal dictatorship. Uh, and they argued that uh, there were deliberate efforts to eliminate and, and undermine the population of Amhara, including uh, through refusing to deal with diseases, including through uh, population control measures and other things. So very, very troubling background. He also served uh, for a time as foreign minister of a mass-murdering Ethiopian government, where one of his big jobs was to track down journalists who had fled overseas so they could be brought back, tortured, and imprisoned. Hmm. Not uh, you know, the ideal background of somebody that uh, is going to be dictating international health policy to the world. And, of course, he, he's far from the only one, right? He was actually put into place with help from the Communist Chinese Party. Uh, in fact, a lot of evidence indicates that the CCP really worked hard behind the scenes to make sure he would be the candidate. And, of course, Bill Gates, right, who now is, I guess, the self-proclaimed global vaccine czar. So you've got this very, very toxic brew of individuals, from mass-murdering communists to super-capitalists who are obsessed with the idea that there's too many people on the world, obsessed with abortion, right? Bill Gates's dad was actually on the board of Planned Parenthood. So this is the kind of people who are supposedly preparing the world for disease X. And I think if you want to know what they're thinking, take a look at what happened starting in early 2020 in response to COVID, supercharge it, put it on steroids, and you'll have a sense of what they envision for the future when it comes to this supposed disease X. And Alex, I'd like to back up even a little bit further because I think it's important that we not forget the, about this globalist strategy session that was held, I think it was in New York, in in uh, October of 2019, just a couple months before the spread of COVID, called Event 201, a global pandemic exercise. Was that just coincidence? Uh, it was not just coincidence. And and I think anybody who, who believes that this was just a coincidence or that these people are just unbelievably smart and knew exactly what they needed to be preparing for uh, is not looking at the evidence in an objective way. So let, let's talk a little bit about Event 201. This was an, uh, a, a war game scenario, if you will, where it took place at Johns Hopkins uh, University at the Bloomberg School of Public Health. And it was actually sponsored and funded by Bill Gates, <laughs> surprise, he pops yeah. up everywhere, the World Economic Forum, and a variety of other troubling players. Now, if you go back and look at the scenario they imagined, it was almost identical to what would happen just a few months later. Uh, it was a novel respiratory virus coming out of East Asia. It might have even been coming out of China. And for the first time in all of human history, this was a virus that required censorship and quarantining of well people to supposedly deal with it. So never before in human history had we needed censorship to fight a disease. Never before in human history had we quarantined well people 
And yet these are two of the exact scenarios that they wargamed out during this event 201. Uh, I, if you have eight hours to spend, encourage people to watch this whole process. They've got top leaders from government. They've got top leaders from public health. They've got top leaders from the media, top leaders from social media, top even from central banks, um, openly imagining a hypothetical scenario where a novel virus, a novel respiratory virus, would come out of East Asia, China, and uh, and how they would deal with it. And it's remarkable the similarities between the war game response that they used in Event 201 and then the actual response, right? One of the most obvious things to everybody was that you couldn't talk about this, right? If you were to post on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or anything, and they came out and publicly said, the CEO of YouTube said, anything that goes against what the World Health Organization is saying is going to be removed from our platform. Mm-hmm. Well, where did they get all these ideas? They wargamed them out in Event 201. Now, uh, Event 201, Jim, as you know, was one of many similar things that they had done. Uh, in fact, just a few years before that, they did the uh, SPARS scenario. Uh, again, a, a novel uh, respiratory virus coming out of Asia, uh, mandatory vaccines for everyone. Uh, then they found out that the vaccines were actually hurting people, so the government put a, a, a hypothetical compensation plan together to make them shut up. Uh, and even 10 years before all that, the Rockefeller Foundation, which is deeply involved in all of this, they put out a report called... Um, uh, technology and international development in the future, some some bland name like that, and it had four different scenarios for how the world could continue progressing toward the new world order. One of them was called lockstep, and again, they they envisioned a novel respiratory virus coming out of China that, for the first time in history, would require lockdowns, shutting down businesses, social media censorship, uh, uh, mandatory face masks, uh, no ability to move around without uh, biometric IDs and temperature checks, and, and eventually a, a vaccine mandate. So they have been wargaming these things for a long time, and then when the opportunity presents itself or when they create the opportunity, right? We, we now know a lot about Wuhan and this laboratory there. When the situation presents itself, they jump into place with their pre-planned scripts and scenarios. So, Alex, in in looking at this aspect, it would appear that COVID and and the pandemic and all that we experienced is nothing more but a trial run for what's going to happen with disease X. I think that's a perfect way to put it, Jim. Uh, They they learned a lot from this, right? They, They tested the limits of what people would accept. They figured out how people would react. They figured out how information would spread even despite their best efforts to silence it. And so they learned a lot during COVID so that the next time around, uh, less people will escape. Because, right? I mean, they, they know they, they've got their the data, depending on whose data you believe, something like 40% of Americans refuse to take the injection. Uh, as far as they're concerned, that's completely intolerable. They want everybody to participate in this. So I, I think the best way to understand COVID was a, a trial run. It was kind of checking out whether all this would work, checking out how the public would respond, and, of course, laying down the infrastructure. Right? People forget that all the infrastructure that was built up during COVID, the, the vaccine passports, the QR codes, the, the, all of these mechanisms that were put into place, those are still there. So the infrastructure that was built is still in place. It's just not active at this moment. Friends, keep that in mind, what Alex just said there, that infrastructure, the development of that, all put in place and and just ready to come out really at a moment's notice uh, and and then to be intensified as well. We'll delve further into this after the break. Alex Newman with us here today from thenewamerican.com, libertysentinel.org. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, has life been found on meteorites? No, it hasn't, Chris, even though this fairy tale is continually repeated by my evolutionary colleagues. Microscopic studies of certain meteorites has led them to claim that they have seen hints of past microbial life. But other scientists have studied the same samples and are absolutely convinced that these are really just inorganic crystals or compounds. It's hard to overcome some of these stories once they hit the mainstream press and are repeated over and over again. But the fact is, life has not been found anywhere but on planet Earth, and it's here in abundance, just like we would expect from the Back to Genesis Truth of Creation. If you want to know more about the creation evolution issue, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. Back to Genesis is a production of the Institute for Creation Research. I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Alex Newman, our guest here today. He is a senior editor for The New American. And uh, friends, when you go to thenewamerican.com, you're going to find articles and issues dealing with this disease X. So much more. Alex does follow what's happening in global, uh, you know, the the global world as far as the World Health Organization, World Economic Forum, International Monetary Fund, and how all these things are pooling together, friends. Uh, uh, Conspiracy? No, friends. You can see the, the, the web that is being spun right now. And uh, it is taking place. And uh, disease X is something that was really emphasized during the recent World Economic Forum meetings that were held in Switzerland. And and uh, we're discussing it here today and where this is headed as well, because next week, as we mentioned, uh, February 5, 6 and 7, uh, the, the next meeting is taking place on this working group on amendments to the international health regulations. We'll be talking more on that in just a minute. But Alex, I'd like to uh, focus in also, as you talked about that infrastructure because people there are some who believe well they they you know they tried this force masking it's not going to work again all these other maneuvers what businesses are 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 uh, you know legitimate businesses that that are essential and so forth we're done with all of that uh, kind of regulation but really that it may be just the uh, camel's nose in the tent as far as how far they really want to go i i think that's the best way to understand it jim i think uh, without any question the people who brought us the tyranny during COVID fully intend to do it again. And, and and I'm not speculating on this point. They have told us this many, many times. In fact, I've seen Bill Gates on stage, even in recent years, saying it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It's going to happen again. We're going to have to do this again. And uh, next time, you know, they're putting the infrastructure in place as we speak to make sure that nobody escapes. Right? Uh, at the G20 meeting, uh, at the end of... 2022, uh, the G20 governments, these are the 20 most powerful governments in the world, they, they rule over the largest economies in the world, all agreed that we needed international vaccine passports based on World Health Organization standards. Now, that project is already underway. The WHO has partnered with the European Union to roll out the pilot program. Now, these are all things, Jim, that they've been contemplating for a long time, right? The EU first proposed that I can find uh, vaccine passports for all Europeans in May of 2019, I've got the document from the European wow. Commission where they said that by 2022, we ought to make sure every European has a vaccine passport. Why would they need a vaccine passport? Nobody had ever heard of COVID except maybe the scientists who were working on it in the various laboratories in North Carolina and Wuhan, China. So why were they pushing this? The federal government funded a study on vaccine passports, improving vaccine coverage in 2018, two years before anybody ever heard of COVID. So they are planning to unleash something like this again. And I know it's become fashionable uh, in Christian circles and conservative circles say, oh, it'll never work again. They they won't get away with it. Too many people have woken up. Uh, It's easy to say that right now. But what happens when we see a repeat? uh, And I'm not even going to call it propaganda. I'm just going to call it what it is. It's psychological terrorism where Mm -hmm. every television station you turn on, every newspaper you look at is shrieking that you need to be in a panic you need to give up your critical thinking. You need to give up your freedom because children are dying. Adults are dying. You're a terrible person if you don't go along with the narrative. What will happen is some people will see through it, but just like during COVID, they'll be scared to say anything. They don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to lose their friends. They don't want to get disinvited from uh, family functions. So, uh, you know, and, and the interesting thing about disease X, if you listen to what they were just talking about at the World Economic Forum just a couple of weeks ago, this one is supposed to be, they said, 20 times more deadly than COVID. Yeah. So what are your neighbors and your friends and your family and your boss and your coworkers going to say when something 20 times more deadly than COVID is suddenly circulating and you don't want to be part of the solution? Well, uh, I think they'll be able to get away with it again if we're not careful. And unfortunately, I don't think Americans have learned enough lessons from COVID. So how can they say that 20 times more potent, uh, you know, a deadly pathogen causing 20 times more deaths? Uh, with and, unless they're working to develop such a thing, and 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene too, which I talked about these Chinese scientists creating this mutant strain that killed 100 percent of humanized mice in the study. Yep, and, and that, you know that came out even in the mainstream media sources. So the mm-hmm. Daily Mail, a major British newspaper, had a major article about this. Uh, right now, I actually just got back uh, yesterday from Colorado. They're injecting a bunch of people there with Ebola vaccines. Uh, in my opinion, very dangerous Ebola vaccines, and we know that they are weaponizing viruses, not just in laboratories across the Western world, but all over the world. 
And, and the interesting thing about it, it's a very small world, right? The, the scientists at Wuhan who, who were working on weaponizing coronaviruses, they work very closely with scientists here in the United States. In fact, in many cases, they had U.S. funding from yeah. Benny Fauci, from the federal government, uh, Ralph Barrick in North Carolina. Right? So all these names keep popping up over and over again. It's a very small world with this, uh, what they call gain-of-function research, mm-hmm. and they are absolutely working on weaponizing these viruses. And they come up with excuses like, well, we want to make sure that uh, you know, if somebody weaponizes this virus, we want to know we have the countermeasures and things like that. But frankly, I wouldn't trust these people to clean a toilet bowl, much less to weaponize viruses that can then leak, as they like to tell us about the Wuhan laboratory, and uh, murder enormous numbers of people. Dr. Uh, Robert Malone wrote an uh, uh, opinion piece here just recently, and let me quote from him. He said, in the meantime, don't be fooled by disease X or Y or Z. These aren't real diseases. They are made up. They are being weaponized to gain compliance, drive fear, and to gain acceptance of the transfer of both funding and authority to an unelected globalist non-government organization, the WHO. Yeah, and uh, and Dr. Malone is exactly right. I know Dr. Malone. I think very highly of Dr. Malone. Um, he comes from this world, right? This is how he he knows these things from firsthand experience. He used to work with the U.S. intelligence agencies. He used to work with BARDA, the uh, bio defense agency of the U.S. military. So he knows of what he's. He still knows a lot of these people personally, right? He knows Anthony Fauci, so he knows what he's talking about. And and it seems very much like he has come out of that world now and, and is genuinely working to sound the alarm about some of the things that he experienced. And he's exactly right, right? They are actually working on weaponizing these viruses right now. And they are actually, and these things are all demonstrable, right? There's no conspiracy theory here. First of all, it's not a conspiracy because as you just pointed out, Jim, it's not secret. They're doing a lot of these things in the open. Second of all, it's not a theory. These are facts. These are things that are documented in the scientific literature. These are things that are documented in the government grants and contracts. These are things that are documented by the patent office in intellectual property applications. So the evidence that they are doing these types of things is overwhelming, and the evidence of their motives that they're using these things to gain total control, not just of nations, but even of individuals, is overwhelming and, I think, irrefutable. And so it's interesting to have uh, Dr. Malone, and there are other people out there Mm -hmm. who come from this world who are blowing the whistle on this, and I thank God for them. You know, I also just learned recently of of legislation introduced into Congress, H.R. 3832. I've got a copy in my hand here. It's a bill to establish, and it's actually, it's called, it's cited as being the Disease X Act of 2023, and it's uh, establishing a program at BARDA for developing medical countermeasures for viral threats with pandemic potential, all kinds of, uh, there's different articles and statutes uh, that are referenced. One would have to do a deep dive into understanding what all this would do. But uh, talking about the identification, development of platform manufacturing technologies needed for advanced development and manufacturing medical countermeasures for viral families, which have significant potential to cause a pandemic. But Alex, I frankly did not know that there was a Disease X Act of 2023 that had been introduced into Congress. Yep, that's uh, news to me as well, Jim. But, uh, you know, th- to be clear, the things that you just read from there, what they're talking about here, these platforms and these countermeasures, they are talking about technologies which already exist, right? These are not some future hypothetical technology that they want to develop. These are tools that already exist that have the ability to modify the genetic code of all living organisms, including human beings. You know, now for a, just a brief theological point, I believe as a Christian that God wrote my genetic code, yeah. right? And, and I believe God wrote it the way he thought it ought to be. And God is perfect. Therefore, the way he wrote my genetic code is perfect and in accord with his will. What these people are talking about, and what they have been doing, by the way, the, the, the first time it was rolled out commercially on a large scale was during COVID with these mRNA injections. They are working to create these tools that have uh, not just the ability, but that do manipulate the genetic code of living living organisms. And this is not just for humans. Uh, they believe in manipulating the genetic code of everything. Uh, Bill Gates wrote a, a very important article back in uh, 2016, I believe, when these technologies were just, at least as far as the public was concerned, in their infancy. Talking, It was called Gene Editing for Good. It appeared in Foreign Affairs, the Journal of the Council on Foreign Relations. He says, look, we're already genetically engineering our crops. We're already genetically engineering a lot of our livestock. 
we ought to be genetically engineering human beings too, and this is going to be for the benefit of our children and our babies, and we'll cure diseases and things. Again, Bill Gates has publicly said he thinks there are too many people on this planet by far. He thinks vaccines and abortion are tools that can be used to reduce that population. And so, frankly, I wouldn't trust him to do anything, much less manipulate my DNA. But this is where they're going with this. This is what these platforms and countermeasures that they're talking about actually do. They manipulate your genetic code, and I'm not willing to participate. Yeah, and it was it was so interesting, and, and I've read articles talking about how they're developing right now the vaccine for disease X. And, and and so when you're talking about the, you know, altering one's DNA and so forth in that regard, there ought to be alarm bells that are going off in people's minds because we are we are still yet to see the full effects of what the COVID shots have done around the world. Uh, we've we've seen, uh, you know, devastating consequences on, on, on many, many fronts here. But they're right now working on the development of this disease X vaccination. That's right. And, you know, to go back to Robert Malone, he is one of the inventors who pioneered these technologies. And one of the things that we know uh, about these things is that they, the tests that they were doing on them were not only unsuccessful, they were killing the ferrets that they were doing these tests on. Right. So uh, what they have now is this platform where they just kind of plug in the new genetic code of whatever disease X or whatever virus uh, and then presto, out pops the code for the new mRNA injection. I'm not going to call it vaccine because a vaccine works, you know, traditional vaccine works with a totally different uh, mechanism of action. Right. But uh, what they're talking about here, again, folks, they want to genetically alter human beings and animals. And these technologies exist. They've been commercialized. The FDA has approved them for human use. And when you combine it with the other technologies that they're working on, you get into, and we've, we've done a whole episode on this, Jim, the subject of transhumanism, yes. where they want to merge the human brain with technology, where they want to manipulate uh, the DNA of organisms. And when you hear the UN and the World Health Organization talking about biodiversity and stuff, what they're talking about is taking genetic code from some organisms and mixing it with the genetic code of other organisms. And they're doing these things now in public. They're creating what they call humanized mice, where they're taking human DNA mixing it with mouse DNA and creating these freakish organisms that are part human and part mouse. This is what they're doing in public, Jim. Imagine what they're doing in the secret laboratories right. way underground in the Rocky Mountains and in the mountains of uh, China. This stuff is diabolical. Alex Newman, our guest here today. Uh, Alex, next week, February 5th through the 9th, the 7th meeting of the Working Group on Amendments to the International Health Regulations. Uh, for those that are not familiar with what is going on, uh, we, we've done full programs on this in the past with uh, Matt Staver and Michelle Bachman and others. But just give us a, a glimpse of what, what is this working group all about? So the working group, when they're doing huge projects like this, like the, the effort to change the international health regulations and bring about this new pandemic accord, they do very much like the U.S. Congress does, right? They, they form committees or in the U.N. speak, globalist speak, they call them working groups. So, for example, the U.N. IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, has working groups. One will focus on sea levels. One will focus on uh, you know, hurricanes, things like that. So they're doing the same thing with the World Health Organization and these efforts. And I think I hear the music so we can pick up on the other side as far as what's going on here. Disease X, our topic here today. Alex Newman, our guest. Uh, again, friends, you'll find his articles at uh, libertysentinel.org, libertysentinel.org, and thenewamerican.com. Just put out a new book, Indoctrinating Our Children to Death. We'll be getting an interview on that coming up here in a future program. But uh, stay with us back in a minute on Crosstalk. It happens to many. You go through life on cruise control until the phone rings indicating a tragedy has occurred. Maybe you visit the doctor and receive devastating news. Or perhaps a spouse or family member is suddenly taken. You feel like the rug has been pulled out from underneath you and your life forever changed. What do we do when our normal is gone? In the book, A New Normal, Dr. Les Olala guides the reader through four biblical steps when your normal is suddenly taken away. You'll learn that God doesn't intend to harm you with these events and circumstances but rather his plan is to perfect you and to strengthen your faith. One copy of A New Normal is available for a donation of $10, three copies for $24, or five copies for a donation of $35. Call 1-800-729-9829. 1-800-729-9829. 
Friends, the purpose of the program today is is not to cause you to go into hiding, to, 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 to scare you. Again, we understand, as Scripture tells us, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, there are works of darkness that are going on. We are exposing them. We are reproving them here on the program today. And and uh, sometimes when when the watchman would blow his trumpet, uh, it, it was not a pleasant sound. It was one that instilled, you know, urgency and, and danger. And it's to convey to you that danger is lurking out there and, and the importance of having your ears that are ready to, to hear and to listen to what's taking place and, and continue, friends, greater than ever, there should be an urgency to be salt and light in this world in which we live, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world, uh, to, to live out your life, to have an impact as salt even uh, in making calls to congressmen and senators and holding them accountable and voting in the process and electing leaders that, that, that uh, are, are, are God-fearing and, and those who respect the rule of law and, and the constitutional republic that we have. Uh, so critical for such a time as this. We're speaking with Alex Newman today here about Disease X and talking about uh, an event taking place uh, again next week. It is the seventh meeting, meeting of the Working Group on Amendments to the International Health Regulation. So, Alex, you were just explaining to us uh, how these working groups work to come together really to, to then put all the pieces of their puzzles together. Yeah, well, thank you, Jim. And so uh, where I was going with that, one of the reasons they do these working groups, in addition to the complexity, is I believe they want to isolate individuals and get them focused on just one little narrow area so that they can't see how all the pieces Mm -hmm. fit in together. Because, you know, I I know some of the people who work on these processes. I I went to school with them growing up uh, in international schools. And they would think of themselves as good, decent, honorable people who are doing what's right for the world because they're just focused on one little tree, right? They miss the forest because they're involved in one working group. So what's going on here with the international health regulations? Um, This is basically the the regulations that govern a variety of different health actions around the world, including, uh, in in many cases, responses to when when the World Health Organization declares a, a, uh, what they call a fake, a um, public health emergency of international concern. Uh, The response to that, and I think fake is an interesting name, (laughs) uh, what governs the fake then is, is whatever treaties are in place, which they're working on the pandemic accord, used to be called the pandemic treaty, separate issue, but totally related. And then the international health regulations that govern the response, not just of the WHO, by the way, but of the nation states, the member states that make up the WHO. So what they're doing with these, they're trying to change the international health regulations in a way that will remove some of the restrictions on power that are already currently in place in the existing international health regulations. Just to give you an example, one of the changes that they have been pushing, uh, the international health regulations require that these actions be taken with, uh, I believe the expression is, due concern for human rights. Well, they want to get rid of due concern for human rights. Why would they want to do that, right? I mean, we've talked before about how the UN's vision of human rights is not compatible with the American understanding that God gave us rights. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt not murder, so you have a right to life. Thou shalt not steal, so you have a right to property. It's a radically different vision of human rights, but they don't even want that in there. Uh, They want the WHO to essentially have unlimited power. And it's a very opaque process. It's very difficult to get information out from here. But as best as we can determine, they are working to change these regulations so that the WHO would become basically a global health dictatorship whenever the WHO itself, or the head of the WHO, in this case, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, the former communist terrorist leader, declares that there is some sort of international health emergency. Now, to make matters even worse, they actually have now started publicly claiming that everything is an international health emergency. Climate change is an international health emergency. Racism is an international health emergency. Gun violence is an international health emergency. So if they're able to to get these international health regulations changed, combined with the international pandemic accord that they're negotiating right now, the WHO will become, in essence, like a global CDC, global FDA, global Department of Health and Human Services with the ability to quarantine people, nation, and, and they already do this to some extent, right? When there was an Ebola outbreak, in Liberia, Sierra Leone, some other places uh, on the um, western coast of Africa, they actually sent in troops to quarantine entire villages under the existing authorities that they have. Wow. So folks understand they're talking here about creating an all-powerful 
health dictatorship at the international level beyond the accountability of any voters, constitutions, or anything of the sort. They're calling it binding international law. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, over a period of many decades, they've been building up this concept of international law. And, you know, at first it started out relatively harmless. You know, people weren't really alarmed. Geneva Conventions, okay, you can't torture civilians. You can't needlessly bomb civilian infrastructure. You know, nobody sensible has any problem with those types of ideas. But they have taken that foundation and built and built and built and built on it to the point where they now openly say, hey, that's a violation of international law. We're going to bring you to our international courts. And if they are not stopped, right, their agenda, and and again, this is not speculation, you just have to read their documents, their agenda is ultimately to consolidate all power and control in the hands of the United Nations and its agencies like the WHO. So very much like the federal government has now consolidated so much power at the federal level, when you think of the EPA having virtually unlimited jurisdiction on uh, environmental issues. When you think of the the CDC, the FDA, the Department of Health and Human Services having almost, it seems like, unlimited jurisdiction when it comes to health things, to, to the point where Joe Biden mandated that everybody in the country who works at a job take a vaccine, right? I mean, right. that's the kind of power they're talking about. They've already consolidated it unconstitutionally at the federal level. Now they're trying to bump that up one more level so that everybody in the world is under this system. And make no mistake, folks, that's where they're going. If they are not stopped, that is their end goal. And their values, uh, Alex, are not consistent with biblical values. And, and as I know, an article just came out recently here, too, from the Washington Stand from the Family Research Council about how the, the you know, the, the World Health Organization is really a counteracting conservatism. Uh, they they want to see abortion and promote transgenderism. And, and uh, they just understand that the Christian Post just reported that they tapped a trans activist, an ex-prostitute, who calls sex work empowering to join their advisory board. This is this is who's running the show. That's exactly right, Jim. I'm glad you mentioned that. If you look at the positions that the WHO is publicly taking, they would be shocking to a Christian, right? Uh, the UN, um, the UN Human Rights Panel just put out a report uh, just a few months ago about the United States to measure whether we were living up to our alleged obligations under uh, what they call international law, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. And one of the places they attacked us was abortion. They said, hey, you have states now where there's restrictions on murdering your babies. Of course, I don't use that terminology. They say uh, to be in compliance with this International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, you have to adopt the WHO's model policies on abortion, which is basically abortion publicly funded, on demand, at any time, with no restrictions at all. Uh, you look at the sex education, if you can even call it that, that the WHO is pushing on our children. It's grotesque beyond anything you can imagine. It's yeah. things that are so perverted, I can't even mention them on the program. Right. So this is the kind of organization that wants to control all of your health decisions. And when you understand that you know, every person in their lives intersects multiple times with the health system, and when you understand that they're declaring basically everything to be now a health issue, they're calling it the One Health Program, where everything is interrelated, the environment, the nature, the food, all of it revolves around health. You realize this is a plan for total tyranny over all people in direct defiance of God's uh, orders, statutes, moral code, and instructions for how uh, people and societies are to be organized. And what you've just said, Alex, uh, they would view as being uh, threat number one, and that is what they would classify as misinformation or disinformation uh, in regard to, you know, standing up against their policies and platforms that they're seeking to do. I mean, they, they, they view that as being an emergency in itself. You're exactly right, Jim. In fact, that was the main subject of the latest World Economic yeah. Forum. They, yeah. they said rebuilding trust. We've got to figure out how to tackle misinformation, disinformation, and they have one more, Jim. It's called malinformation. Mal, yeah. This one's really interesting because malinformation is actually true information. Right? They don't even dispute that it's true information. Everything I'm telling you right now uh, is essentially things that I've learned from their own documents. And yet they would label it malinformation. Why? Because it's true information that might get you, listener, to do something that they don't want you to do. So uh, it's truly incredible the the breathtaking audacity of these people to determine that we can't even speak about the things that they're doing, even when everybody acknowledges that what we're saying is true, because it might cause a response that they perceive as undesirable. Friends, if you have a question or a brief comment, pick up your phone, give us a call here, 800-733-9829. 
question or very brief comment, 800-733-9829. Alex Newman, our guest. Uh, Alex, while uh, we're waiting for the phones here, let me ask you this. What do we do in a time like this? Do we wring our hands? Well, we definitely don't wring our hands. <laughs> As you know, Jim, and you gave some really wonderful, godly advice uh, going, going back in from the break. You know, first of all, I, I want to really just reiterate what you said. This is not a time for us to be fearful. This is not a time for us to panic. Yes, the things that we're talking about are very troubling. They're mm-hmm. very disturbing. The ones who should be fearful and panicked right now are those who are acting in defiance of God. They are going to be held accountable. And I don't know exactly when that's coming. I don't know the day or the hour. But we know what is going to happen to all of this evil. It is going to be stopped. And, and those responsible, starting with Satan and his minions, are going to the lake of fire. So anybody who's on the wrong side of this issue better think long and hard about what they're doing, right? Uh, yeah. This is not going to end well for you. So I think a lot of times Christians look at this and they get almost paranoid. They get really fearful. Oh, no, they're going to force me to take a vaccine. They're going to not let me buy or sell if I won't take some mark. Right? Yeah. We are not the ones who are to be fearful. God has ordered us not to be fearful. So what do we do in a time like this? Well, there's the obvious things. We protect ourselves and our family to the best of our ability. We get on our knees and pray that God would give us guidance and wisdom. We open up his word and we read it and we meditate upon it. We connect with a local body of believers to carry out the Great Commission. This is a historic time for us to be able to preach the gospel to all creatures, for us to be able to make disciples of all nations, for us to teach them to obey. I mean, the world is running around in confusion and fear, and what a historic time right now for us to share the truth and the love of God, our Creator. So we've got lots of opportunities here. And then, you know, just uh, from our civic duty, right, we are not to be silent in the face of evil. In fact, I love you opened up with uh, Ephesians 5.11. We are not to participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. We are to reprove them and expose them to the extent that's in our power if we have elected representatives that we can call or we can meet with and tell them to stop this, we should be doing that. Uh, there's a funding debate going on right now in the House of Representatives. We should encourage our congressmen to cut all funding to the WHO. Uh, in fact, there's a great bill that was introduced uh, in the Senate and the House called the Defund Act. It was introduced in the Senate by uh, Senator Mike Lee to get us completely out of all these organizations. I think that would be a great thing to push for. And then at the state level, right, we should have our state legislatures and our governors prepare. You know, they're preparing for disease X. Well, we ought to be preparing for tyranny X. So when the WHO says, you all need to take a vaccine, you all need to put a a diaper on your face, you all need to stay at home, you need to shut down your business, uh, we need our governors, our legislatures, and our sheriffs prepared to say, no, that's unbiblical, that's ridiculous, that's unconstitutional, that's not going to happen in this jurisdiction, and anybody who wants to enforce illegal orders like that in this jurisdiction is going to be held accountable to, to our laws. Uh, and a lot of states have already started working on this. I've spoken with legislators across the country who are working on this. Uh, I highly encourage people to network with people. And you know, A lot of Christians forget the Bible repeatedly refers to government officials as ministers of God. Yeah. Right? They're not pastors in the sense of, you know, or elders of a church, but God put them there for a specific purpose. They need to be fulfilling that command. Friends, we'll come to your phone calls right after the break. Alex Newman, our guest. Again, uh, check out articles written on this and related issues at libertysentinel.org and thenewamerican.com. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. I've been talking on my broadcast about the border convoy. They're going to California and Texas and Arizona, and it all is culminating at Eagle Pass, apparently, or near there on Sunday, February 3rd. Reporters on the ground that I'm interviewing, many of them citizen reporters, are saying that three different state agencies are warning that this could be a problem and the FBI will be present. Is this another J6-style setup? I know some people indeed definitely want to express their concerns about what's happening in America. But Americans and Christians need to be very wise and very discerning because there are a lot of pitfalls and snares that have been set to, well, manufacture a crisis. So pray for our nation. So many of you want to do something. I get it. I believe in the power of prayer. Indeed, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. 
Be discerning, be wise, and pray. Alex Newman, our guest here today on Crosstalk, and we're taking your calls. Our lines are packed right now, but as soon as you hear somebody hang up, that's your opportunity to give a call and participate on the program. We're going to begin in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, Dr. McDonald, you're on the air. Hi there. Uh, uh, thank you so much for being uh, uh, against this tyrannical medical system. And as a retired doctor, I'd like to ask, what on earth is an Ebola vaccine? Because hmm. as far as I know, <clears throat> there is nothing in the world that has come out that could stop a, a hemorrhagic fever. And so I'm very interested to see what's behind that. Thank you, Dr. Alex, your response. Yeah, well, thank you very much for calling in, Doctor. Thank you for the kind words. So they have a, an experimental Ebola vaccine. You can find a little bit of information on it at the CDC. They call it Airvebo. And um, I actually just returned from Colorado yesterday, and in Colorado, they were uh, giving this uh, really experimental Ebola vaccine to various healthcare workers in Denver and in um, Colorado Springs. And one of the really interesting things to come out is that the package insert itself warns that in about 31% of cases, if I remember my numbers correctly, shedding was observed, where the, these people who were taking the vaccines were actually shedding Ebola. So, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a, a, an expert on vaccines per se, but I have enough common sense to know that doesn't sound right, <laughs> and uh, I think we ought to be pretty concerned about it. So uh, I would encourage people to stay up to date on these types of developments. I don't know um, what the disease X is that uh, may or may not be coming within the next few years, but several people have suggested Ebola and Marburg may uh, play some role. So keep your eyes on these things. Uh, very, very troubling developments. And thank you for calling in, Doctor. Thank you very much. Moving on, Mark in Illinois, you're on the air. Yes. Mark, you're on the air. Please go ahead. Okay. Uh, one comment is maybe some people would take this a little more serious about Tedros if they realize what I read was that uh, the Obama administration declared him a terrorist. So it wasn't us wacko right-wingers or liberal or conservatives. It was the liberals that declared him a terrorist. Why isn't that made known? Hmm. That's all I have to say. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Are you aware of that designation, Alex? Uh, yeah, so uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking about him, many governments actually declared the uh, Tigray People's Liberation Front, which is the organization that Tedros served on the Central Committee for, uh, a, a terrorist organization. And it was a terrorist organization in the truest sense of the term. They were murdering civilians for the purpose of striking terror into people's hearts for the purpose of uh, obtaining political control. And unfortunately, their terrorism was very successful. Uh, you know, some of these guys have been, quote-unquote, rehabilitated, I guess. But, um, you know, when, when you've been involved in terrorism, when you've been involved in massacring innocent people, the last place in the world that we would like to see you is running a global health bureaucracy. Yeah. So thank you for that call. And, and people do need to look into the background of this man. It's, as far as I'm concerned, it is mind-boggling that they would openly put a guy like that in a position like this and then expect us to take instructions, allegedly, for our health from him. Mark is next. Monroe, Wisconsin, you're on the air, Mark. Yeah, my question is, um, how would the, uh, how, how do you think they'd go about uh, enforcing the uh, tyranny against the uh, non-compliant? Uh, would it be something sort of like uh, uh, credit scores, starve them out? Uh, would they enforce something like a U.N. martial uh, surveillance and, you know, like the Star David where... You know, even putting people into uh, camps and such like. You know, interesting question. And I know, Alex, I mean, didn't people even have to put a little marker on their badge or something if they did not uh, take the shot or any number of things there? But uh, look what they did in China and these high-rise buildings. Yeah, and, you know, China was probably the most extreme example that we saw anywhere in the world. 
But uh, we had a lot of jurisdictions in the United States where things got really ugly, too. You had countries in Europe, uh, some of the Baltic countries, where you couldn't even go to the grocery store unless you could show your little QR code on your smart device proving that you had received all your vaccines and your boosters. So I suspect that will be, we'll see a very similar process to what we saw during COVID if and when disease X strikes, which I suspect will probably be sooner rather than later. It'll start with, oh, there's not enough vaccines. You better hurry up and get in line so that you can get yours. So they'll get all the, you know, the, the gullible people first. Then we'll see increasingly heavy handed tactics. We'll see them on TV saying, maybe it's time we start mandating this. And, um, you know, eventually, I think in, in Revelation chapter 13, we can, we can discern quite a few things. And I'm not suggesting necessarily that this is the mark of the beast, but we see that there is this global system that at some hypothetical point in the future is going to say that we cannot buy or sell if we won't receive this mark. So will it be a vaccine passport? I have no idea. I'm not saying that it will be, but I think the buying and the selling is going to be a key mechanism. Right? Even Biden's vaccine mandate, what did he say? Every company with more than 100 employees must force all their employees to take this injection or jump through all these hoops to try to get out of it. So I suspect we will see economic pressure, we'll see social pressure, we'll see political pressure, and last, but certainly not least, I do believe they will resort to this, they will use force, if necessary, on the resistors. And so um, yeah, I think we need to prepare ourselves for that. And we also need to prepare our state and local officials to resist that. Uh, here where I stay in, in Florida, I live in a conservative county. We've got great people at the county, at the local, and at the state level. We were insulated from all that. In fact, our state legislature actively interfered in these evil mandates. When Biden said companies were going to be fined, whatever it was, $7,000, our legislature got together and said any company that forces somebody to take a vaccine is going to be fined $70,000. Wow, wow. So there's a lot we can do. Let's go to Brad next year on the air, Brad. Hey, brothers. Um, Alex, I heard a thing where they're taking mRNA and putting it in food, particularly meat. Now, if you cook that thoroughly, and then when you eat it, it has to get batted around inside of our digestive tract, that would be a whole different thing than sticking it in your blood vessel. Is there? Does that break it down more through the cooking and the digestion? We've got 30 seconds, Alex. Well, they are definitely working on uh, vaccinating people, quote-unquote, through mRNA in their food. They've been working on doing it in lettuce. Uh, they're also, Bill Gates was bragging about new technologies where they can just put a little patch on your skin and, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. vaccinate you. So watch out, folks. It may not be a needle. Prepare yourselves. Be in prayer. Read the Word of God. And um, we've got to stand. So would cooking it uh, d- dissipate the effectiveness, or don't we know? Uh, I, at this point, I don't think we know. Um, but, uh, you know, I would be very weary of any of these new frankenfoods that are being genetically modified and that are being used to deliver medical treatments. I, for one, will not consume them. Friends, thank you for joining us. We've run out of time. We apologize to other people on hold right now. Alex Newman, our guest. And uh, you can stay up uh, with uh, information at thenewamerican.com, libertysentinel.org. Alex, thank you so much for being with us today and discussing this critical issue of Disease X. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And God bless you. Alex Newman with us here today. Friends, stay in prayer. Stay vigilant. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.